Hi. Hello. What's up? Well, just preparing for Sense8 episode 8. Woo! Sense8 episode 8, yep. season 1. And what's the name of this episode? Oh. <laughs> we will be judged by the courage of our hearts. Yeah, which I think is like the longest episode title so far. Right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. There's uh, pretty long ones coming up, though. It's true. Yeah. I like it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, we are doing uh, episode eight of Sense Eight. Want to dive right in? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Who do you want to start with? We'll start with Leto. Leto, let's do it. What's going on with Leto? Well, uh, Leto is in stress mm-hmm. because of the information he got last episode, where he was being blackmailed by Joaquin. Mm-hmm. And uh, now they get a call from Danny that says she fixed the situation, everything is fine, but she doesn't explain why, and it's confusing. And then a bit later, uh, she asked them to come bring her her stuff late at night at a secret rendezvous, mm-hmm. which they do. And she says that she's going to marry Joaquin as long as he leaves them alone from now on. Mm-hmm. And they can clearly see that she has been hit again yes. uh, in the face eyes region Yeah. and uh, obviously that she is preparing to sacrifice quite a lot just to keep them safe yeah. Hernando is very uncomfortable with it and Lido is also clearly uncomfortable but he's you know Kinda acting relieved. like he's not it's not his problem right and then later uh, Lido goes to film more on his movie and he's interrupted by Hernando coming to set mm-hmm. who tells him that they have to break up because he can't be with someone who would sacrifice another person's life for their own career that's basically where Lido is left that, off yeah mm-hmm. some heavy shit I feel like uh, yeah if you see someone wearing sunglasses at night it's never a good sign or which they're is what? really cool yeah I mean <laughs> Unless, like, your eyes have been dilated for a late-night ophthalmologist appointment. I feel mm-hmm. like if you if you see, like, the first time I saw this episode and I saw Danny with sunglasses, because, like, I was like, gosh, shit, don't do this, Lito. Like, don't let her go back, but... So you're either trying to hide something physical yeah. or you're trying to hide your intentions or, yeah, your yeah. emotions. But anyway, yeah, that was really... I remember the first time I saw this, I was really, really disappointed in Leto because I was like, at that point, he's one of the most, you know, he is a fan favorite, and he still makes really crappy decisions. And I get, to an extent, what he says, and this seems to be a theme because there are a lot of characters that talk about choice and stuff not being fair, he is one of those characters when Hernando uh, comes to set to break up with him he says you know Danny messed up um, she went to go fix it it's not fair that I have to throw away my entire career because of this which like to some extent I get because it's got to be very hard for him to get the jobs that he wants and also be gay which sucks um, but at the same time, there is a, a line definitely crossed by letting someone take the fall and get hurt and really, you know, put them in a situation where they're they're not safe. Mm-hmm. So that really sucks. Um, and I commend Hernando for going to Lido and saying, like, 
hey, I love you so much, but this if this is not gonna work because I can't, I can't, you know, in good conscience do this. Well, I so. like Toledo says, you know what? So you're trying to tell me that I have to, you know, sacrifice my own thing mm-hmm. uh, for her, otherwise we can't be together. Hernando is saying, well, no, like I'm not telling you to do anything. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like just that's not my decision, basically, but. Yeah. Like, I just have to go myself. Yeah. Like, yeah. Independence, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on a lighter note, the director shows up again. He does. He really does. He says, Lito, you're beautiful. <laughs> the scene that they do shoot in the graveyard is quite delightful. It's excellent. Yeah. Um, and well, that's where the title of the episode comes from. Yeah. Uh, and Lito has to deliver a line about men and the size of their guns and all that jazz and... And how you'll be judged by, by the, the courage. courage of your heart, which is ironic as because that is not what he is doing currently in real life. As twenty guns are pointed towards him. Yeah, including the mom. Like it's <laughs> so he goes to like a. And I don't know. I so want to see this movie he's filming. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, yeah, he's he's walking in. He's coming back for the girl that made her sexy entrance down the staircase mm-hmm. when he was emotional and crying a couple episodes ago. And uh, so they're still filming the same thing. I don't know what happened to the sexy nun, by the way. Like, is this the same movie? Because it's not the same girl. These are the, these are the hard hitting questions we ask. But um, he's still filming that. Goes to the graveyard. Everyone points a gun at him. It's funny because it's almost like, uh, without giving anything away, I feel like this is something that could, you know, totally happen in Wolfgang's life <laughs> in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it seems like crazy and and over the top with some killer lines, but it is a movie, and that is another thing that people keep bringing up in this episode. There's like a thread of like, this isn't a movie. Like life isn't a movie, or like, oh yes, you love movies. Like there's something there about incorporating movies and things not going the way you want them to go, and mm-hmm. because your life isn't a movie, well, and yet there are cinematic elements to your life. You know, Hernando turns that line around. Yeah. On Lido. Tells him that they'll be judged by the courage of their hearts. Yeah. Words and to Lido live says, by. you know, it's just a movie. Like, yeah. That's silly. Like, you can't do that in real life. That's... Yeah. That's dramatic and idealistic. But Nando is, you know, it works for him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's this bouncing act of, like, we know the choices you make and how you're influenced by movies and, and to be like, well, this isn't a movie. I can't do that. Yeah. The guy um, that you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, uh, Will's boss, yeah. tells him that life isn't a movie, which means that uh, it isn't fair Yeah, and nothing's fair. So essentially the message would be life isn't a movie, uh, which means that bad things happen and you just have to let them happen because that's life. Yeah. And the episode and Hernando, I think, is trying to say that that is too cynical and you can be better than that, basically. Yeah. It's true. That's what I think about it. Yeah. But it's uh, it's rough. It's definitely rough. Leto is going to hit a low point after this episode, for sure. This is uh, an interesting moment for the show, especially the first time watching it, mm-hmm. because I think, really, this is the first time one of these sidekick characters makes a decision that is so independent of one of our main people like this. Yeah. I remember this feeling when I first watched it, like, oh, 
is he allowed to do that? <laughs> like, I thought the whole point was, you know, we each have our characters, and each one of them has, like, some buddies, mm-hmm. and that's their team. And it was like, are they actually going to split the team up? Like, that doesn't right. make sense. Yeah. Um, so it feels like a pretty dramatic turning point, I think, mm-hmm. that, that something that drastic could be happening yeah. to one of our characters. I think that's kind of a good segue. Uh, do you want to talk more about Leto? Anything? No, I think Leto is pretty covered. That's a, a good segue into uh, Wolfgang and Felix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with with movies and real life and all that jazz. It's um, a big theme. Yeah, it's funny because it, it opens with uh, Wolfgang and Kahala are kind of tied up in scenes again together at the beginning of this episode where she is watching a movie. Actually, it's really Nomi because like, Nomi makes a comment about the feeling, the sensation of sitting in a movie theater with an audience who's laughing really hard at something and you just don't get the joke. Mm-hmm. And then that cues up um, a visual of Kala where everyone in the theater is laughing and she is crying for some reason. So she goes to the bathroom and we all know what happens when Kala goes to a bathroom. <laughs> she instantly has to see Wolfgang because that is like their go-to plus spot. Um but she's crying for some reason. I'm not sure she's 100% sure why she's crying. She's just kind of upset. And then she realizes that, like, you know, it's similar to the way that Sun has a hard time with her emotions. So Leto kind of becomes, like, the mouthpiece for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is the same with Kala and Wolfgang because he is, uh, she's in the bathroom. She sees Wolfgang, and he is at the bedside of Felix in a hospital because Felix has just been blown away. But not dead. But not dead, guys not dead and uh and Wolfgang's not crying but Kala is and I think it's kind of shot in a way where it's like they're feeling the exact same thing Mm -hmm. she's just the only one really expressing it that way so um it's a nice little moment where he's like why are you here she's like I don't know he's like where are you right now she's like at the movies he's like oh that makes sense and Felix loved the movies and they do a flashback to what we have I think previously touched upon is probably the greatest casting of all time for baby Felix. <laughs> yes. I don't know where they found this kid, but damn, it's Get just, there. he's perfect. Flashbacks yeah, of so, their life in the streets. Yeah, and you get to see uh, baby Wolfgang meet baby Felix. Where else? In detention. It's great. And um, it's really sweet because they have, uh, Wolfgang has a pretty crappy life. I mean, his family moved from uh, East Berlin to West Berlin when the wall goes down and there's some serious tension going on there between East and West um, and he's getting picked on at school and beaten up by kids who are you know juvenile and taking out I think their parents prejudices and hatred for the current political situation out on Wolfgang and Felix which I've discovered upon rewatch his go-to move is just bash people over the head with something He's like Jason Bourne. He just uses his environment, takes something, and smacks someone over the head with it. Um, but it, it, it's also revealed in these scenes uh, that they are both big fans of Conan, of Arnold Schwarzenegger fame. Yes, and which is, I think, similar thematically to Caffius uh, and Van Damme. Yeah. yeah, that's like their go-to. And interesting that b- those are both characters that um, perhaps more needing of an escape from their lives than yes. some of the others, and so they're very invested in Hype. movies and movie stars. Yeah. Of, yeah. Yeah. 
um, but it's great, and it, it, it so you get to see them, you know, kick some ass and scream some Conan names, but also you get to see, uh, really, I think I wrote this down as like, Wolfgang's dad's awkward dinner, where he just is like, let me tell you about life, boys, and beat the crap out of you. It's gross and weird. Yeah, and it's horrible, and you're just like, wow, you are definitely getting worst dad award for all the sensates. You're just legitimately a horrible human being. Um, and I think it's actually, it's a really quick shot, but it's a really nice shot where you see him. He is uh, punched Wolfgang. He's kind of like hovering over him and like bullying him being like oh are you crying and you see this shot of a shadow behind him with the bottle <laughs> and I think it's a really nicely shot and you know Felix does his go to move and smashes him over the head with a, a bottle and they make their escape and Kala's is like mortified she's like oh my god is this your childhood and, and Wolfgang makes a nice speech about like it's not you know Felix is my brother it's not like an accident of blood relation it's yes. by choice and choice is another thing that, you know, is just kind of a, a theme throughout where they're going to, the sensates have to make decisions to find ways to um, survive or to move forward in their current lifestyle. Um, uh, yes, this is not the first time the Wachowskis have uh, written extensively about choice. choice. No, it's <laughs> not. Go back and watch our Matrix episodes. Um... But yeah, watch our Matrix episodes. It's a podcast. It's you okay. listen to these things. We are we're such professionals. Um, yeah, but the, this one is definitely uh, uh, you have a lot of characters who are on the verge of making choices or have made choices that are going to have some pretty big consequences. Um, so they're kind of like lining up the dominoes for that in this episode so anything else with Wolfgang he's just kind of by Felix's side yeah, he's, talking he's to given, Kala he's giving backstory in this one yeah. I think and, and feeling bad feeling a lot of guilt too yeah. like, like the reason yeah this yeah. is because of him which I think is like not entirely I mean they accurate. both throw those diamonds together yeah this is on. it's not like he pushed Felix into it I don't think no uh, this is just Wolfgang's personality yeah. to feel this way I think it's also made very evident, and they even say it, where Kala's like, he would do anything for you. He's mm -hmm. like, yeah. And it's a problem because Wolfgang feels bad, but it's also like, dude, you weren't the only one that did this. Your cousin's just batshit crazy, yeah. and this is kind of the life you lead. Uh, yeah, so that's Leto. And Wolfgang. And Wolfgang. And, uh, I think that's, um, well, Kala has a very dramatic moment as Hell well. Hell yeah, she does. She does spend this time with Wolfgang, and I think pretty much just that in the end, is that all she has? Yeah, she, uh, no, we get our wedding planners back. <laughs> that's true. Which is oh. awesome. Yes, um, we do. Yeah, so she's kind of in this, like, limbo of recovering from the big mishap with the wedding that didn't happen with Rajan, and, you know, they've put, the, the wedding is back on. And so she's just been mainly spending time with her family and then going back to the wedding planner, kind of like re-gearing, you and know. they are very positive. They're so excited. About this wedding. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, the dates are even better now. We've talked to the astrologist. Basically, like, like, we didn't want to tell you last time, but like, they weren't perfect, yeah. but now they're they like, are. They're like, no, 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 last date was good, but this one is even better. And you're just like, dang, dang, guys. And they've made some ceremonial changes because she wants to get married at the temple of Ganesha. Um, mm -hmm. I think 
talking to Wolfgang, she kind of had a, a big moment there where obviously she is um, religious and the temple, I think, has been a good source of comfort for yeah. her. And so she's like, I, I feel very strongly. I see through Ganesha's eyes and he sees through mine type of a thing. And then and Papa G, her, yes, future who father is Rajan's daddy, future father-in-law has given her the stink eye the whole Grumbling. time. Grumbling. Yeah. yeah. And so her storyline pretty much picks up where he meets her at the temple and she's like really surprised he's, he's here and he's like being such a dick and is like, hey, you need to call off the wedding. He's giving her that we talk. Yeah. Like, we're going to do this thing. Yeah. It's going to be so great for us for you to do this. Yeah. She's like, I don't remember making this decision. She's like, I didn't make this decision. <laughs> but he's like, no, I feel bad. You know, this has given us a good opportunity. This is a second chance. I really shouldn't have given my blessing the first time around because I look at you and I know that you don't want to marry Rajan. Which is funny because, like, he's right. He's right. for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. But also, like, the way he goes about telling it to her is, like, not cool because he's super insulting to her religion at the freaking temple, which, as we've previously yeah. heard, like, on one of her earlier visits to the temple, like, Rajan and Papaji are not welcome at this place. Like, it might... You think, oh, it, it's insinuated that there's a threat to their security at this place, but it's never really touched upon again. It's and like, It's not that you don't take it seriously. You're just like, oh, you know, we haven't really followed up with this thread of the storyline until now. <laughs> he gets distracted, I think, when he talks to her. It's like he comes there to, to tell her she shouldn't marry Rajan. Yeah. Um, but for a second, he's like, wait a minute, I'm going to talk about how religion is bad. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then he's like, wait a minute, back to the point. <laughs> yeah. It's like he gets worked up about it being just like, I don't know if like the temple is like the last straw for him for the wedding plans or if he's just like, oh no, this really reaffirms Definitely my belief. Definitely feels like their lifestyles will be incompatible. Yes. Uh, which I think, you know, is really Rajan's decision to make, not his yeah. as far as that goes. But, True, uh, but I mean, they also, he does mention the blessing, like he does have to give his blessing and he gave it previously and now he wants to take it back. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, he gets stabbed at the temple and it's really scary <laughs> and it seems to almost to come out of nowhere um, and it ends the episode and there's a lot of trauma going on there for Kala and him mm -hmm. and um, something to be said that, you know, even though they're clearly on opposite ends of the belief system and he is progressive in the extreme of, you know, he's clearly not a believer, but he also feels like the institution, since it doesn't work for him, it really shouldn't work for anybody mm -hmm. and it's kind of keeping them, you know, in the past as opposed to moving forward. But he's so extreme about it that he his safety has literally been threatened by it and we don't know if he's alive after this episode. Spoilers, he is. He's but okay. Damn, it's like him and Felix. Like yeah. we've been like the last two episodes, they're just like, "All right, we're gonna just throw some violence your way, and you're not gonna know if the person's gonna make it or not." So, it's intense. Poor Kala, you know. I feel like. I mean, poor Papaji too. Yes, they they all do live. They really do. They we do. talked about this before. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is the kind of thing that. Uh, could get uh, predictable. Yes. Except that it doesn't happen that many times. Yeah. I also think, like, obviously they're not killing off people, but mm. I feel like the, the use of violence towards these people is, like, it's used in a different way. Like, with Felix, because the characters that they're, they're you know, 
doing violence to are very different. So with Felix, it's he's a very close. He's a brother to Wolfgang, and Papaji is more like an antagonistic character in yes. all his life. And so they're both used as like um, I think for. Kala and Wolfgang, the the aftermath of the violence is really a chance for them to reflect on their situation and where they're at, and it doesn't necessarily like galvanize Wolfgang into it doesn't he doesn't have to make a choice after this, but he does, and with Kala she has to make a choice, being like, oh, do I tell Rajan that hey, mm-hmm. Dad doesn't want us to get married anymore. So they're both used in effect to like as a reflection for characters, and the same kind of for like Doctor Metzger because the the episode opens with Nomi and Amanita reflecting on like the violence and them. That's being true. Like, he didn't make it. Yeah, he doesn't make it. So they don't. They do kill people. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think, it, yeah, they use the violence, and there's definitely a shock value to it. But it's also for a purpose. So it's like for characters to reflect and make a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Lot going on there. Yep. Yep. Who do we want to do next? Next. Yeah. What about Will? Will. Will's being cute. Yeah, mainly that's no surprise there. Um, yeah, he's kind of fumbling around in his Chicago apartment. Showing it off. Showing it off to Riley. I wrote it as a, a Rick Steves tour before they visit each other because he's like, oh, man, I'd le- you should definitely come to America. Like, they have a great music scene. I'd love to show you around. We could even, like, visit the places before you actually get here. And it's, like, really cute and endearing because he likes her so much. And mm-hmm. she really likes him. And she shows him her childhood home in Iceland. She's nicer and- than his place. Yes. Um, but he, he does the, the, the cop thing where he, I think it's a combo of just being a cop and he's also like genuinely interested in her. He's asking her a bunch of questions about her life and she, I think is at a a point in her life where she's like, doesn't tell him explicitly what has happened to her Mm -hmm. in Iceland, but she does go far enough to say like, there's a lot of bad stuff that happened here and it's, it was really tough to come home. Um, and he's very, I think sweet and sympathetic to it he's like oh i'm sorry i should back off like i think he already has a pretty good gauge for her you know emotional capacity yeah, he's saying share. like we're not at the end of the season yet yeah this is not the time for such that, yeah. reveals yeah exactly but no i think it's sweet because they're it's like every time they meet up they're just so happy and thrilled to see each other and um there's there's kind of like a sense of joy and wonder and like oh my god you're here mm-hmm. it's very sweet um, so he has already extended the offer for her to come visit him. Plus, we get a pretty standout comedy moment mm. from when they finally oh kiss in Dream <laughs> Sensei fashion, which is very nice. Yeah, it's super cute. They hold hands and then they kiss, and you're just like, oh, they are so into it. I like the way it's played. Like, they're both kind of scared to do it because they're like, does this even work? Is how I interpret them thinking about yeah. it. Like, what? What even is this? Yeah. Um, but then, of course, Diego gets to see Will kissing the air. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Which is pretty great. Yeah. And I think it's also reminded, too, like when they're having a discussion before the kiss where Riley's dad is like gives her coffee. Black, one sugar, just like Will. They're meant to be. Um, but it's funny because he's like, who are you talking to, Riley? She's like, oh, nobody. Just talking to myself, dad. Like, it's kind of just another subtle hint that, like, it is really hard for the sensates to interact with each other when they're in a public space because mm-hmm. Although obviously I, they look crazy. They get better, I think, is, is a theme um, mm-hmm. that we were talking about. They don't know how to separate 
their actions from what they're doing with other sensates, but I think they get better at it later. Yeah. Um, because you see a lot more of this in the beginning of the show where something they're doing is happening in both places. Mm -hmm. But then later there's a lot of like them sitting perfectly still where they actually are while they're doing something crazy right. elsewhere. Yeah. Particularly in action scenes. Yeah. Because yeah. as we mentioned in the last episode, like with Will choking. Like, yeah, he's still when he's choking in London, he's also choking in Chicago. And when he's beating up people in London, he's doing the same thing in Chicago. I mean, you can already see some differences like in the action scene in this one. Yeah. A lot going on. And you see these shots of Will and he's just walking yep, through the hallway, the hallway, basically. You know, yeah. he doesn't look like he's Gonna doing keep. anything suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we could... Well, that's that's what Will does, and then Will gets um. He gets to investigation mode once Diego interrupts his weird mm -hmm. air makeout session, and um, Will is pulling his dad's old captain's clearance codes because he's got a lead on um. They're doing some investigation for Nomi. Yeah, basically, he and Nomi are investigating the same thing. They're just coming at it from different angles, but they're both uh, kind of being illegal about it. So, mm -hmm. um, it's a it's a cool scene where. He is with D, and he's like, "Hey, so we've uh, the, the I think it's because there he got a flag that there was a shooting with Dr. Metzger, and he's mm -hmm. like, oh, Dr. Metzger was the guy that was supposed to operate on Nomi. Um, I've looked up like his records, and he's done this operation to a couple other people, and like Nomi, he discovers that Niles Bulger is one of those people who was a veggie, and is now like during the night of the shooting, they have security cameras at the the home." where Niles was at and he freaks out Diego because the guy gets up gets in a suit and goes out on a killing spree and mm -hmm. you're just like oh my god this is crazy and so um, essentially through finding that footage and then looking up different records Will has come to the conclusion that the people that are paying Dr. Dr. Metzger to do these operations are also the same people who paid and rented out the white van that they tracked down earlier from the church. Um, and so it's kind of a creepy connection. And then uh, and they finally do the big reveal that this organization is called BPO. They're like a biological preserve organization or something. I didn't get the acronym down. Biological preservation, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, they're really creepy. And uh, Nomi has been at the other end of this, and her and Will's storylines kind of diverged there because she's like, oh my god, I'm talking to the cop in Chicago. And um, between the two of them pooling their resources um, and Nomi knowing that Will's using the clearance codes illegally from his dad, she's like, hey, how, he's like, how do you know that? She's like, I don't know, I just know. And he's like, kind of how like, I know that you were there at the shooting last night because they're, they're slowly like tapping into each other's. Mm -hmm. you know experiences and memories and they both come to the conclusion that like or they follow the trail of Dr. Metzger and they think that he got picked up by BPO working for this organization getting paid to do these operations uh, when he was a medical student at the University of Chicago and they find a photo of him online and guess who else is in that photo boom it's uh, Dr. Dr. Matheson yes Oh, yeah. I was going to say Metzger. <laughs> Whoopsies. Uh, yeah. Matheson is there. Will recognizes him. And 
there's a knock at the door at Nomi's place. There he is. And boom, there he is, talking to Amanita's mama. Right on time. Right on time. <laughs> and Will tells Nomi, he's like, you gotta go. <laughs> Don't look him in the eye. She's like, what do you mean look him in the eye? And he's like, that's apparently, Jonas told me that's how he hunts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's scary because Nomi's, they're kind of like, we've kind of already seen him because of the weird mirror trick with Niles. Yeah. And so Nomi has to flee and Will and Son go to help her. So this is Will's first time meeting Sun. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. He, there's no time for that. There's, there's no time for that. And Nomi's like, guys, now is not the time. Um, so essentially him and Sun team up to help Nomi escape. We'll probably go into a little bit more detail about that when we get into Nomi's, Nomi's storyline. But then Will gets suspended without yep. pay for using his father's credentials. And pretty much digging into this whole situation yeah. with Jonas when he was told not to. And his uh, his captain tells him, you know, the same old line of, yeah. like, this isn't a movie. It does make me laugh because Will says, uh, you know this isn't fair. And yeah. I always think it kind of is fair because yeah. I'm pretty sure... You're not allowed to do that, Will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Will's like, I'm the protagonist here. Come on. That's not fair. They're like, no, Will. That's not cool. You can't do that. So, yep. Oh, right. The law. Oh, yeah. That thing that I I'm was supposed to. I'm a police officer. <laughs> Whoops. Forgot about that. Um, so that's pretty much Will's storyline is he has been suspended without pay now. So he doesn't even have access to help out with this investigation anymore, despite making connections and being there to save Nomi's ass again. Mm-hmm. So... Or at least contribute to her escape again. So, let's talk about Nomi. Boom! Yeah, I mean, her and Amanita are slightly traumatized after what they experienced. They're still back hanging out at Amanita's mama's house. And um, they're doing some investigating. And, uh... Well, as we said... They kind of meet up with Will. And Amanita makes the beautiful remark of FaceTime without a phone because Will is trying to explain the little that he understands with Sensate's visiting to Amanita, but Nomi points out she's like, she can't hear you. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a very apt description of FaceTime without a phone. And it is funny because uh, you kind of get like a another scene of potential of, hey, when you're in a room with someone and a Sensate and the person is aware that the sensate is a sensate the sensate has to kind of act as like a translator yeah. whenever somebody comes and visits um but it is cool because like neats is totally down she's like let's do this and then neats saves the day with a tampon so boom <laughs> yes. uh you know will warns nomi she needs to leave because the person that they just stumbled upon is the person at their door he's being a jerk to uh Amanita's mama, who is like, doesn't want to let them in, but, you know, they have all the legal clearances to get in, get up in there, and, uh, so, Amanita stalls for time, so Nomi can jump out the balcony and make her escape down the alley, and she does it with a tampon, because that's a good tip for everybody. People are freaked out by bloody tampons, so if you throw it at them, or if you're like, I'm in the bathroom, I'm stalling for my fugitive girlfriend, use a tampon, guys. It'll work. It'll totally work. Um, Nomi has to make her way to escape. She gets caught in the alleyway. Will uses his police info. Mm-hmm. Nomi calls for help. Sun wakes up in Seoul, Korea. 
And she's like, hi, I'm Sun. <laughs> she's like, oh my god, are you actually here or not? She's like, I was in Seoul, sleeping. And she meets Will, and Will's like, alright, they're gonna call for backup, this guy's right-handed, gives her all the, the you know, information. Like Will gives the uh, logistic like the, information yeah. to Sun, who uses her her martial arts skills martial arts to skills. execute it and so they do that Nomi makes her escape on a bike it's very stressful but also kind of convenient because there's a lot of nooks and crannies up in San Francisco mm-hmm. that cop cars cannot get to that a bike can so she does that she quickly realizes like hey I can't escape, keep escaping on this bike she steals a car realizes she can't <laughs> drive and then Kafius pops in and says I can and it's a great moment because I think this is the first time they have met. And yeah. Well, this is a big. This is a big moment. I always think of this as the next big one. Yeah. After the, I know it's not as dramatic mm. compared to like the karaoke yeah. and the orgy and, and sun. Plus, there's going to be you know even more elaborate action sequences. Yeah, later. but the it's there's kind of this thrill of them like rising to the occasion, yeah, answering I mean, this the is call. Four of the sensates. This is half of them. Yeah. In an action scene, essentially. And also, we've technically already seen Will and Son do this stuff together, even if they haven't met, because yeah. they both appear in the scene with Kavius before. Yeah. Uh, to help him out. Yeah. But uh, in this scene, it's like, oh, there's Will and Son, you know, they're action people. You're like, yeah. they're going to help out. Yeah. And Kavius is just this I'm sudden surprise of like. They would like, make such a great heist team. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's great because you get to see them use their skills to the best of their abilities to, you know, help each other out and get out. And I just love that with Coffeeus, there's never a moment that there is between Will and Son where they're like, hi, I'm this person. He's just like, gotta go. hey guys, I'm here to help. Like, no problem, doesn't question it. Like, nobody's like, I know how to drive. He's like, I do. Yeah. And he's like, you don't really even, excited. You don't see what he's even doing on like the others while yeah. this is happening. Like, yeah. He just gets called into action. Yeah, and he does it. I love the visual of uh, she's in the driver's seat. Yeah. And then you, you like, hear him, and she's like, what? Yeah, and it switches. it switches. So she's in the passenger seat, and he has replaced her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not exactly sure how they do that one. I think it, it might be... It's a I think it like, might be a cut. Would have to, oh, yeah, it could be a cut, or there could be a double, because I think that Nomi is looking sideways, so it's possible that it's someone else, uh, because you can't see her face, really. Right. Uh, but that's a pretty bold uh, choice because it's so close if they did do that. It's yeah. hard to say. That's well, great. you know, I was also wondering about this other scene where she jumps over the balcony. Yeah. And the camera follows her over the balcony. And it looks really real. And I just kept thinking, do they actually trust her to, like, climb over the second-story balcony? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's It's interesting. It's good. But it's a really fun action scene. And it's really cool because you can kind of... It's thrilling almost to see the edit because you know, like, they're, I would assume, just like on a logistical production level, like, they have to shoot this scene a couple times because I would imagine it's kind of like a music video where you just have, you go to one setting and you have to do the sequence through and then do it at another setting through. That way you can cut in between. So similar to like, Will probably has to do his portion of the action sequence. And so does Sun. So you can intercut those two when they're kicking ass in the alleyway. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool because it's a really nice moment of editing and you're just like, it's very impressive. Um, and it's also fun because 
you know, Kafius makes his big introduction as the driver, and then he flips the car, which is cool. But he also brings up like Van Damme, and he's like, "Don't worry, I saw this in the movie." And then he's like, "It worked better in the movie." <laughs> yeah. Like, there's always this theme of like the movie coming up, and like what you can pull from that when you want to escape and bring it into real life. So. This is uh, definitely a point in the action sequences, uh, mm-hmm. particularly with Son and Will. Mm-hmm. Where earlier on in these interaction scenes with the sensei, it's really easy to tell who's helping who yes. and why they're there. Yeah. And the more people are going to get involved, you more have to go with the flow in some of these later action sequences mm-hmm. where you can't always keep your eye on even who's where mm-hmm. and whatever. You know, the idea that they're all there at once is really conveyed. Very and well. I think that that only gets more uh, extreme. Yeah. So you have to kind of get used to just accepting that you're seeing this visual representation of uh, multiple senses being there once. Yeah. Because I know that's going to come up in a later action oh, sequence yeah. that actually kind of threw some people off because of uh, the way they filmed it. Mm. Uh, which, in the Christmas special, which yes. we will talk about. Yeah. But it's fun because I remember the first time I watched this episode, I was just... I re- remember getting so excited when in episode three, Sen fills in for Kafius and she's like actively helping him. She doesn't really know why, but he's like, I need help. And she shows up and um, she kicks him ass. And so in this one, it was like the same thing, but they got to know me's literally calling on anybody to help. Mm-hmm. And like three of them show up. And it's like, for some reason, that's a bigger, an even more visceral, like bigger thrill for me. Because I'm just like, oh my God, just the potential of just being like, Mm. guys, I need help. And and people answering the call is really cool because you get to, it showcases their different skill sets. And it makes you just, I mean, just being excited by three of them stepping in Mm -hmm. to help and something that is comparatively a minor action set piece compared to what will come down the line. It was just so cool to see. I was like, oh, my God. And if they ever need a driver, like, Coffeeus is there. (laughs) Like, it's great. They have a really solid cluster, I must say. It's true. This is a particularly talented one. I've seen people say. Wow, they're really lucky that all of them are pretty good stuff. Yeah, I could s- at but, specific you know, things. I think that's probably why the story is about them. They're yeah. probably a bunch of useless clusters. Oh, yeah. I feel like I would be super useless in a cluster. Be like, hey, guys, want to watch a movie with me? I mean, I think we meet some people later that seem like they'd be pretty useless, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, but. it's true, but uh, they're still delightful. Um, but, yeah, so that it's a really fun action sequence. I really enjoy it. And uh, She gets away. She gets that away. That is her story yep. for this episode. Well done. So... Who else is there? Oh, gosh. Oh, there's Sun. There's Sun. Yeah. So Sun is adjusting to prison life. She is sewing with uh, her friend, Sujin, who is still teaching her how to do it because she's kind of crap at it. Mm-hmm. And they have a discussion because the sewing bitch, whose name I don't have. <laughs> I just call her the sewing bitch because That's fair. it's fair. It's accurate. Apologies for the profanity. But I'm just right on the money there. Um... They're talking about how, oh, hey, you know, if we get our sewing done, we get to go outside. And Sun's like, it's a really nice day. You know, I'm holding you back. And she's like, it's fine. I don't mind helping. You know, I've tried in the in the past to kind of keep my head down and not have the sewing bitch pick on me. But it, it, it has not gone well. Uh, and so sewing bitch is about to make her move to switch out her work with Sujin. And Sun trips her. She gets caught by the guard. By the way, these guards, like, come on, guys. <laughs> pay attention. I feel like it would be really obvious that someone is switching someone's work out. They're lazy. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, it's it's uh, 
it works to Sujin's advantage. The son says, like, hey, I don't know anything about sewing, but I do know business. And my mm -hmm. dad taught me that this is second move advantage. So today she sews, and today you get to go out. Um, and so Sun eventually does finish up her sewing. She gets to go outside as well. She hangs out with Sujin. She's like, hey, come paint with me. Let's talk about our families. It's nice to remember. And Sun's like, I love my dog. Um, <laughs> and my mom. And that's pretty much it. And you know what? That's pretty damn fair. Mm -hmm. So um, she makes a really cool painting. Sun's got some artistic skills here. And we don't really get a chance to admire it because, boom, sewing bitch has come to paint over it. And it's paint a, over it seems like a okay. She throws some elegant, paint on yeah. it. I was trying to you know give her some leeway, but yeah, she's super mean about it. And Sun does the I don't want to fight you, and she has some fun little like wordplay because sewing bitch is like you have a smart mouth, and she's like fear her wordplay is lost. Yes, yeah. which is really funny because the lady's like what? I don't get it, and Sun makes a really fun point of being like there are so many educated people who are actually really stupid. She's like, don't do this. Don't make this decision. Sun kicks the crap out of people. Sewing bitch has a, like a shiv on her and mm -hmm, slices mm -hmm. her. And I'm like, sewing bitch. Bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I should stop using that word. But it's true. She's not cool. And so Sun ends up in solitary. And then uh, one of her, her cellmates from earlier, whose name I have not caught yet, no. um, says like, hey, we know what you did for Zuzhin. Here's some food. And rolled up in that little, like, utensil thing is a paintbrush, which sentimentally is very nice, but my first thought is, well, that's not helpful at all in solitaire. You she can't even, break out with that paintbrush. You didn't paintbrush. even get her paint? Like, come on now. Um, but it's funny because, like, Sun is essentially in this episode navigating her new life, mm -hmm. and she, for all intents and purposes, is pretty good at it. She's made a friend. Um... She's made a couple of friends, actually, from her cellmates. She is learning new skill sets, like sewing, but she's still, you know, dealing some justice, standing up for herself, and and I'm not saying prison is great, but uh, I think it's kind of a a good revelation to be like, I can handle myself in here. I'll yeah. be I'll be okay. So um, for now, for now, then you know she joins in on the action sequence with Nomi, and that's pretty cool. It's a good moment of her just like waking up in soul when yeah. Nomi's like, I need help. And Sun's like, relax, I'm here. <laughs> we got this. I already did this today. Yeah. I'm already, this is my second workout, <laughs> essentially. So that's pretty much Sun's storyline. Am I missing anything else? No. No. And then no. who else we got? Kathias. Yes. Who uh, did help out with the driving part. Yes. But that's his happiest time in the episode. I know, because he's um, having a rough time. He, he has decided, you know, that he can't. Work with Mr. Kabaka anymore after that the whole arm chopping. Was yeah. Too much for him. Too real. Yep. Uh, so he's gone to tell Yella that uh, he's gonna. We're gonna, gonna go back yeah, to doing go some back clean to the work. Van Dam. He's gonna stop doing, which honestly is a difficult decision because essentially he is giving up this very scary work to go clean again, but it's at the cost of you know getting his mother drugs that she needs. Yeah. Um, so he has a fun little conversation with Jella. We get to meet Jella's wife and kids, Elena. Elena yeah. is uh, not super chill with Jella being at home all the time, despite, you know, getting a, a big cash payoff from Kafias yeah. to not work for a couple of weeks. And, uh, it's because he is a, what did he say? He's a stallion. Yes. You know, if he's in the stable, he goes crazy. <laughs> 
And it's true. And it's a really funny moment where he's just like, oh, my God, my wife, I'm going back. And she's like, oh, my God, really? And they're both just, like, so excited. Um, oh. And she hugs Coffee. She's like, oh, my God, thank you. He's driving me nuts. Well, um, so that's a nice moment for Coffee. Yeah. But then he goes to talk to his mom. It's important to note at the end of that scene with Alina and Jella that there is someone in the background watching Coffee. Yeah, yeah. And he's is. part of the superpower. This is it's the bug-eyed scary man. Yeah. Yeah. And... Coffeeus goes to tell his mother the news like, that hey, uh, we're not going to have meds anymore, which sorry, is too bad Mom. because you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, as they're having this nice conversation. Uh, superpower game yeah, superpower shows breaks, up. Superpower breaks in with our very, very tall friend. We still, we, we we still don't, don't have his name yet. I don't know if he gives his name, you know. He's very tall and intimidating. Just superpower leader. Superpower leader is like, oh, hey gives some motivation to his life where he explains that uh, Silas Kabaka had his sister killed. Yeah. Uh, and so they want Kavias to give them uh, his, yes, his daughter. They're like, you're going to keep working for Silas Kabaka because if you don't, this is probably what's going to happen to your mom because it's what happened to my sister and we want revenge and you're going to help us do yeah. that. And uh, Kavias' mom is not for this Child plan. murder. Surprising. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a hard thing for Coffee, and basically where we leave him. Yeah, with where she's what like, am I supposed to do about this? Yeah, and it also it like kind of hints back at a past with his mom, where he's like, she's like, you should know that these are men just you know threatening. He's like, you know, out of all people that they could follow up and follow through with this threat, yeah. with the insinuation that that is what happened to his dad and yeah. her husband. And she's like, you know, it doesn't. There are just some things that don't matter. Like, you are not taking that child. Like, when she defended Little Coffeeus, yeah. even though she probably would have died. Knife versus machete. And it worked. Yeah. Although, in this case, I, I don't you know think it's that's questionable. Work. But yeah. her ideals are, are, right. you know, are valuable. Yeah. And um, so he, he's faced with a decision of after just telling Jella, like, hey, I'm going to go clean. And, you know, I'm going to have to, I don't know how to tell Mr. Kabaka this, but it really sucks. I can't get my mom medicine. And they're like, just kidding. You're back in the game. Mm-hmm. And you have to make the decision of sacrificing your safety for this innocent kid's safety. So, not fun. A good setup, though, for him for the next episode. Yeah. So then, uh, all we really have left is Riley, and she doesn't really do much at all. Yeah. Uh, we talked about her with Will. Yeah. And afterwards, she just goes to... Sven! Yes, to her uh, father's and her... I think her father's buddy, Sven. Yeah, family friend. Uh place uh and it has been mentioned that he can drive her around yes. but in this episode they're just in his place and yeah. uh and he's like anywhere you want to go yeah. whenever let me know they just talk a little and that made me realize they are probably about to go to where she goes in the next one mm-hmm. which is uh the graveyard yep um which makes sense of how i was thinking in the previous one mm-hmm. it was mentioned that their father's concert was the next day, and I was thinking, that happens in episode 10. Yes. <laughs> Apparently, there's three episodes, and it's only, like, one day. But now that we're watching them, that makes a lot of sense, because, like, she still has she's to... just going to go there, mm-hmm. and then the concert, and, yeah. like... Uh, well, she has the interlude with the other lady in the cave. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, she isn't doing anything else that would yes. take a lot of time. And, like, True. Lido is, uh, you know, clearly also dealing with something in a very short space of time. Yes. Uh, there's a little more time spread out in the beginning of the season, I yeah, think. Yeah, but it's definitely picking yeah, up. Yeah, it, it goes very fast yeah. at the end. Um, but really, everyone but her, I think, has some pretty dramatic stuff going on. I mean, one. she has to... 
we don't it's kind of hard for first watch through I don't know why I missed it but you're like something has she keeps saying like bad stuff happened yeah. in Iceland she doesn't drive anymore there's a pretty solid evidence to be like hey maybe she got in a bad accident um this is honestly a benefit of how overwhelming the show is at first, I think. Yeah. Which uh, could be considered a negative in other ways for some people. Mm-hmm. But it does make it very hard to predict things like this. Yes. Because you are so much time is just being spent on trying to remember who everyone is and all that kind yes, of thing. Yes, and what's going on. Yeah, you don't really have time to think heavily about uh, little tossed off comments and what they might mean the first yeah. time through. But it is—it does make it more satisfying the second or mm-hmm. however many times you watch it again, because you're like, "Oh my God, it's so obvious!" Obvious, and it is actually really nicely set up and sprinkled out throughout. So. Um, I mean, I didn't get what had happened to Riley after the next episode, which is ridiculous because yeah, she me too. basically talks about it. Yeah. Um, which we will touch upon in that. But, but it really is like, you know, you're just trying to keep ahead of the game yeah. with with all the stuff going on. Yeah. And, it's, um, it's just picking up. It's getting even crazier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you know, it's nice to see Sven. He also mentions that she was born in his house. <laughs> so that'll be something to look forward to, guys. It's <laughs> a nice little tease right there. And she mentions the 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 phone yes. in their house, which you will get a glimpse of as well. Yeah, you will. Later. So, all that fun stuff. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for them. Mm-hmm. I think, like we talked about earlier, it's an episode where there's a lot of stuff built around the idea of movies, making a choice. Um, well, we've pretty much seen now, just like in the last episode, that uh, we are in the space where everyone is very busy. Yes. The whole time. Yeah. There's no more like, where did that person go? Yeah. Yeah, everybody is in this episode. Yeah. and despite the differences in screen time, what's happening, because Riley probably has like the least amount of screen time, her and Wolfgang, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, their stuff is, it's not throwaway, they, it's very economical, it's like, hey, we're setting up their stuff for something else, so even though you might not know it the first time around watching, like, their scenes are still important, even if they do have fewer scenes than some of the other sensates, because there's always a shifting of who's getting the priority in the episode. Um, but it's nice to see that, hey, this is a, such a well-planned-out season that even when you have Sensate switching out a majority of the screen time in the role, like, even in their quote-unquote downtime in the episode, they're still building towards some big emotional plot beats and payoffs for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I like this episode quite a bit. There's, it's a great one. It's a good, yeah. It's weird because you would feel like, oh, there's so much that happened last episode, especially at the end, with, you know, Felix getting blown away, mm-hmm. and then, you know, the big th- shootout with Dr. Metzger, you'd think, kind of, I would imagine something similar to, like, Riley, whenever there was a big violence or shootout, there's a little bit of breathing room, but there's not nope. at this point. There will be in the next one, which I think is in a way the slowest episode yeah. of the show yeah. but also one of my favorites yeah huh. but you know you could talk about this one like with episode four mm-hmm. this being the end of an act or yeah this would be the second act mm-hmm. of the three of season one and it's a little different from episode four because it's not quite as big of a change but this is definitely um seven and eight both have quite a lot of big moments, big violent moments even, mm-hmm. and then it sort of cools down a little bit to build up for the the big finish, I think, yeah. uh, in the last few. 
uh, because 9 and 10 both spend a lot of time building until yeah. it kind of crashes down again at the end of 10, yeah. which, you know, is a scene we are looking forward to talking about so much. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think that's about all I could say about the episode in general. But Do you have a... We can do our MVP. Yes, that is a very important question. Who's your MVP of this episode? The best sensei. Now, who did I pick last time? That's the question. I should I don't track. Know. I really should. Um, I think Sun did pretty well, to mm. be honest. Mm. I mean, she saved herself and her buddy and Nomi. Mm-hmm. I think I might give it to her just for That's being such good. a good sensei buddy. Yeah, I like that. You know. I would give it to Will. I think it's he has a, a some pretty good moments where he's he's has that budding relationship with Riley, which is really sweet, but he's still doing his investigative work, and he's, you know, making connections with Nomi, and he gets to officially meet Sun. I gave it to Nomi last time. You did? Yeah. I think I gave it to Sun last time. You know who's not going to get it this time? Leto. Leto, yeah. Yeah. No. Leto. No awards. Nope. Leto. None for you, Leto. Uh, Although, yeah. in, you know... Hernanda might deserve a psychic award for having integrity. Yes. Uh, except that, unfortunately, I have to give that award to young Felix, who still counts as Felix. Yes. Yeah, I would give it to young Felix, too. Just because, like, what a freaking loyal yeah. friend. Felix you know? is so cool that he can win the award in an episode where he is in a coma. Technically, yeah. But baby Felix. I'll give it, yeah, I'll give the side character <laughs> baby Felix. Though I think, you know, Amanita is almost up there in contention again because that yep. tampon thing is just... Got it gets me every time i'm like Mm -hmm. you are just i would be in such a panic i wouldn't even know what to do and you are so great coming up that feminine product stalling (laughs) so um yeah yeah you give it to felix i'll do Mm -hmm. it too but keep it in mind amanita's definitely up there uh and what about like one-off characters well the wedding planets are back oh my god this is true i mean there's there's (laughs) no no contest there you go yeah give it to them was easy. Mm-hmm. Boom. <laughs> I feel like that was going to be really hard, but you're right. It is also getting harder for the one-off characters because the one-off characters keep coming back. Yeah, well, they're getting a little I squished. Mean, yeah. I and mean, the director showed up again, too. Yeah, but I already gave it to him. I know, know, I know. That's true. But, uh, yeah, that's good. That's pretty much it. I'm excited for next episode. I think, like we said, it's really kicking into gear and the plot with, you know, you, you do have individual storylines kind of tying off, but they're just all building towards a really good finale so I'm excited excited to go from here alright we should probably sign off this has been Vicky this is Camden thanks for listening we'll talk to you guys later bye bye didn't do it again that's right keep <sighs> people on their toes <laughs> if you guys liked our show please let us know you can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook, and you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. <laughs> um, also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off. <laughs>